this Bible study if absolutely you can. Um, our backs, the, the title of my message this morning is Our Backs Are Against the Digital Red Sea. Because we're going to be hemmed in. Thank you. We're, we're going to be hemmed in. And just like we're going to see with the children of Israel, they whined and complained because they weren't ready. So at the end of EPS, we, we just started teaching about Moses. We started with the baby in the basket, and we just went on up, and we had talked about it even in BBS about Moses. Our goal for our children is to teach them to stand up in this wicked world because our children are under so much pressure, you can't even imagine. I mean, how, how do you like this? They're trying to get children to think that they're not a girl or a boy. I mean, even a year ago, that would have seemed preposterous. Who would have thought in 2018 or 19, when AOC came out with the Green New Deal, we all laughed at it, and yet it's being implemented, not by the government, but by businesses. See, they can circumvent things. And how about having the world being controlled by unelected people? But that's what's happening. Our memory verse for our children is Psalm 118.6. The Lord is on my side. I will not fear. What can man do unto me? And we're trying to get them to not be fearful, trying to get them to stand up. We're trying to let them know that the rewards are greater if they don't give in now. Amen? So we want to prepare them. We don't want to scare them. And we want to prepare you. We don't want to scare you. I don't want to scare you this morning. Amen. That's not our purpose. But I was so shaken. I was watching um, Jan Martell of Olive Tree Views. If you are on the internet and you, get, you want the, the address, I can give it to you. But the, the one I saw was, ye shall be like gods. They can take the, what they're working on. And it's, it's not a thing that they've been working on for like a day. They've been working on this for a long time. And what their goal is, in the fourth industrial revolution, and you'll see it with drones, you'll see it with, some of these things are very useful with artificial intelligence, and some of it is very nefarious. And that's what I saw, was what they're going to do with humans is they'll be able to put a chip in you. And they said, all right, I know the chip, you know, just get off of it. Well, they can put a chip in you, they can erase your memories. They can put new memories in. They can make you do things that you would never dream of doing. So it's taking away your free will. And it shook me up so much, and this is why we started the End Times Bible Study. Part of it was um, because we don't want you out driving. If you're afraid to drive and you want to come to Wednesday midweek service, we did it last year. We had great success with it. And so it's time change is next Sunday, so it's going to get darker out, which is kind of depressing, but we wanted to do this on the morning, and, and some of you um, have appointments. I actually have an appointment on Wednesday after it starts, but the pastor is well able to do this. But this Bible study, is the, the purpose of it is 1 Thessalonians 5, 11, to encourage, admonish, exhort, edify, strengthen, and build up one another. We don't want anybody to lack in the last days. Amen? We don't want anybody to panic in the last days. We want to have victory, but we have to be on the offense. 
and Dan, you know this from football, which would you rather be, on the offense or the defense? Always the offense, because you're the one that has the ball. They're never yelling offense. They're yelling defense. And why are they yelling defense? Because they don't have the ball. We want to be on the offense. We don't have to be victims in the last days. Amen? We can be victorious. And we want everybody to have victory. But you need to have knowledge. You need to have knowledge. You need to have natural knowledge. Hopefully, you saw when things were starting to fall apart. Hopefully, you, you put back the little things that you might need that might become short. Hopefully, you're doing things naturally, physically. You're, getting, you're, you're building up your body. You're trying to get a better immune system. These are all things we can do practically. Amen? We can do these things. I know I don't like to do some of these things. I don't like the gym, but that's my best option. I don't like it, but I do it because I have to. I want to be built up. I don't want to be a, a, I don't want to be sickly. There's things you can take. You can take vitamin D so you're not as prone to things. There's things you can do that can help yourself in the last days. Some of you have wood stoves. Some of you can. Some of you did all these things to get prepared. But now we have to prepare our spirit. Amen? I've asked God over the summer to consecrate me. Help me to be a better Christian. Help me to love people more. Help me to be better. Amen? That should be the cry of all of our hearts. Because we need to have, we, we need to have the ball. We need not to drop it. Why? Because there's a, a, a rescue mission going on. People need to know what's happening. Now, obviously, you don't want to hit them over the head with everything. But we pray and we say, God, show us an open door. You know, open a door for us to share with our family. Open a door to share with our friends. For we're not trying to beat them up. We just want them to go up in the rapture with us. Amen? Amen. President Biden, about a year ago, signed the Advanced Research Project Agency for Health. Okay, so he says he's going to cure cancer. Well, one of the ways they're going to do is with that chip. They can tell whether you're going to get sick before you get sick. Not right now, but in the near future. And then they can decide whether it's going to be expedient for you to live or die. Mm -hmm. Transhumanism, that is the goal to make humans programmable. We have the Internet of Things that they're going to control your money. So some of you are panicking, what am I going to do with my money? I say pray about it. Because we're not going to give you financial advice, but we're going to tell you what's going to happen up the road because he signed on September 11th a digital currency. Okay? Now digital currency means for some, and some people have said this, I don't know this for a fact fact, but they'll tell you, well, you know, you've got $10,000 and it's going to expire on November 1st if you don't spend it. Mm -hmm. They can turn your cash off. They do this in China. They did this. They didn't like what some of the Chinese were doing, so they just shut their access off to cash. So you might say, well, I'm just going to take my cash out. Well, your cash is going to be worthless. See, we're up against the Red Sea. Do you see it coming? Do you see what I'm saying to you is that the only answer we have is we need to seek God for these things. Say, God, you know, here's my retirement. 
what, what can I do with it? Where can I put it? What can I do? The steps of a righteous man are still ordered by the Lord. This is extraneous. I've asked God, we, we've agreed, we asked God to put just a shield over our church and over our members so we can slip through this digital Red Sea. That's possible. You know, if you don't believe it, then go back and read the book of Exodus. Because when it was dark in Egypt, the Israelites had lights. So it's quite possible. But we have to believe it. We have to believe it way, way deep down in our spirit. So what we're trying to do with this Bible study is give you information. Let you panic now. Okay. How many of you have already had slight panic things about the end times? I have. Panic now. Build your foundation. Get the cracks shored up in the foundation that you have. So when you see the time coming, it's like, okay, I see that. Because do you think that people people are doing what they said in the days of Noah? They're eating, they're drinking, they're partying, they're doing all this stuff. They're not even paying attention because they, they think it's all going to get back to normal. It's never we're, we're in a new situation now. It's not going to be like it used to be. Even if all the Republicans get in next week, which is what I'm hoping for, but even then, we saw what happened. We saw the destruction over the summer of 2020. So it's not going to be, even if they get in, it's not going to be a smooth ride. How many of you know that and see that? I hope you all do, because that's true. So we're going the way of China. We're going to have digital prisons, is what we're basically going to have. I mean, we see people, how many of you have saw, saw the story where the pro-life man got arrested for protesting mm -hmm. in front of an abortion clinic, taken out in front of seven, his, his seven children and his wife mm -hmm. for doing nothing wrong. All the associates of our former president arrested, harassed. The January 6th prisoners still in prison. Don't think that we're exempt from it. Because the devil is trying to get to the church. And all these things are warnings. It's like those, those little tremors before the big one. Don't think that the church is going to be exempt somehow. We're not going to be exempt. Jesus even said it. If you look in Luke 21, 9, Jesus said, but when you first hear of wars and commotions, be not terrified, for these things must first come to pass, but the end is not by and by. Then he said unto them, Nation shall rise against nation, and kingdoms against kingdoms, and great earthquakes shall be in diverse places, and famines, and pestilences, and fearful sights and great signs shall, shall there be from heaven. But before all these, they shall lay their hands on you and persecute you delivering you up to the synagogues and in prisons, being brought before kings and rulers for my name's sake. Okay, so he didn't say, that, you know, there's going to be a, a huge revival and people are going to come pouring through your church and then the end's going to come. He says he's going to persecute you. It says it right here and it says it in Matthew 24. He's going to, you're going to be persecuted. But look what he says in verse 13. And it shall turn to you for a testimony. Mm -hmm. When we got saved, we passed from death to 
to life. We're already dead, technically. It says, settle it therefore in your hearts, not to meditate before which you shall answer. For I will give you a mouth and wisdom, which all your adversaries shall not be able to gainsay or resist. And you shall be betrayed both by parents and brethren and kinfolks and friends. And some of you shall they cause to be put to death. And you shall be hated of all men for my name's sake. It doesn't sound like it's going to get better and better for the church, does it? And yet, if we hold on to the ball, we're going to make it to the finish line and get the touchdown. Amen? We just can't drop the ball. And we can't be surprised when we're persecuted. Because he says it right here. But what is the purpose of the persecution? The purpose is to put us before somebody that we wouldn't meet otherwise so we can tell them what God has the message for. I don't know what the message is because he says it shall turn to you for testimony. I will give you a mouth and I will give you wisdom. So we don't know now what we're supposed to say, but we'll know then if we stay close to the Lord and not freak out and panic when these things start to happen. If we stay calm, if we stay consecrated. It says in Luke 21, 31 through 36, So likewise, when you see these things come to pass, know ye that the kingdom of God is nigh at hand. Verily I say unto you, this generation shall not pass away till all be fulfilled. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. And here's the warning here in verse 34. And take heed to yourselves, lest at any time your heart be overcharged with surfeiting and drunkenness and cares of this life, so that the day come upon you unawares. For as a snare it shall come upon them that dwell on the face of the earth. Watch ye therefore and pray always that you may be counted worthy to escape all these things, that shall come to pass and stand before the Son of Man. So he's saying that these things are going to pass. We need to be persons of integrity. We need to be persons that are strong in our faith. We need to stand strong. We can't be complacent. We can't say it's somebody else's job. This is our job. This is why we're still here. Why do you think Jesus hasn't shown up yet? Because we're not done with our job. We're not done yet. Obviously, there's more people to be saved. Obviously, there's more people that need to hear about the Lord. He doesn't want us to just stay in our homes and occupy till he comes. Amen? You're up a planet. It says, this is what the Amplified says in, in Luke 21, 34. Be on your guard. Be on your guard. It's so easy to get sucked into the daily rigors of life, isn't it? It's so easy to get sucked in. It says, lest your hearts be overburdened, depressed with the giddiness and the headache and the nausea of self-indulgence, drunkenness and worldly worries and cares pertaining to the business of this life. The price of gas, the price of food, shortages, health problems, kid problems, husband problems, church problems. Don't let those things overburden you. Try to stay focused. Stay focused. It says, lest the day come upon you and you suddenly, and it's sudden, it, lest the day come upon you suddenly like a trap or a noose. 
Keep it in your mind all the time. The Lord is coming soon. The Lord is coming soon. Lord, what would you have me to do this day? The Lord is coming soon. Maybe we need to start the services with the Lord is coming soon. And we can be totally caught off guard. We can be totally ensnared if we're not in constant study of the Bible. Constant fellowship with God. Constant fellowship with one another. We're warned not to have false hope. Okay, the, the false hope people are, oh, God's going to rapture us before anything bad happens. Okay? Just look at China and look at the underground church. Mm -hmm. All right, something bad is already happening. Mm -hmm. He hasn't raptured the church. I mean, uh, America has had it so easy for so long that we somehow think that if something gets hard for us in this country that we're going to be exempt from suffering. And we're not. All right, so we've got the false hope, ignorance. Let's just hide our heads in the sand and hope it'll all go away. Well, good luck with that. It's not going to go away. Or even unbelief, thinking that it's not going to happen. It won't happen to us. We're America. Well, that's not going to work. If you look and see the evil in this country, here are just three examples of what can happen if we don't seriously appraise our lives and be sure, be very sure. That was such a beautiful rendition this morning, sis. One of my favorite songs. Beautiful. Be very sure that you're right with God. Here's three examples of how we can get fooled. But you won't know until it's too late. Okay, first number one, Matthew 7, 24 through 27. The wise man and the foolish man built houses. Both of those houses looked exactly the same, didn't they? But then the storms came, and the foolish man's house fell. Well, did the foolish man think his house was going to fall? Of course not. He didn't think that until it was too late. Number two, the wheat and the tares grew up together. And the servant said, Master, should we pull up the tares? And he said, No. He said, At the end of the day, we're going to bundle them up and throw them in the fire, but not now. Well, what are the tares? The complainers in the church. So if you're complaining, well, why don't they just do this? Or they can do that. And then, well, you know what? God gave you a brain. God gave you two hands. If you see something needs to be done, do it. Amen. But he's keeping the tares in the church because he doesn't want to uproot the wheat, too. And when do the tares find out that they're tares? At the end of the age, when it's too late. That's why we need to consecrate ourselves now. God, show me any bad attitude. Show me my mouth. Every word that you speak, negative, is being stored up. And that day of reckoning, God's going to ask you about it. He's going to ask me about it. We should have the fear of God in our hearts that we're not going around griping and complaining. Amen? Because he's going to bundle you up at the end if you don't repent. Repentance is the key for all three. All right, the last one is Matthew 25, 1 through 13. There were ten virgins, but only five had oil in the bridegroom's paint. All three of these are warnings, because all three of them thought they were okay. Amen? They thought they were okay. These were virgins. These were the best tithers in the church. These were the ones that came to every service. 
So that's why we're having this Bible study so you can examine your heart. I plead with you, please, please be sure that you're doing your very best every day to follow Jesus. Because the time is coming so short. It's coming so short and it's horrifying what they have planned for humanity. They're planning to kill nine-tenths of the population. It's not a surprise when you look at what's happening. Why are young people dropping dead? Why are they encouraging little boys to become little girls? Well, because if they do it at a young enough age, they're going to be sterile for life. They won't be able to reproduce. They're trying to depopulate, but they're making it look like, you know, like we're the crazy ones. We're not crazy. We know what a woman is. Amen? But we can't take for, stand, for granted our standing with God. We can't get lulled into complacency. We have to be on guard. Because these things are going to come very quickly. And are we ready to have our backs up against the Red Sea? Well, let's look at the Israelites. We're going to go through briefly because it's a long book. But the Israelites praised God when it was easy and complained when it became difficult and dangerous. They were in captivity for 430 years and they prayed and God sent them a deliverer. And God told Moses in Exodus 4, 21, he said, And the Lord said to Moses, When thou go to return unto, into Egypt, see that thou do all the wonders before Pharaoh, which I have put in your hand, but I will harden his heart that he shall not let the people go. And you shall say unto Pharaoh, Thus saith the Lord, Israel is my son, even my firstborn. And I will say unto thee, Let my son go, that he may serve me. And if you refuse to let him go, behold, I will slay thy son, even thy firstborn. So straight up, Pharaoh was told, If you don't do this and let the people go, then your son is going to be dead. He was told ahead of time. It wasn't brand new news. He was told ahead of time. The Bible is one-third prophecy. God is speaking to us in these books the last days, and it's becoming clearer and clearer what's going to happen in the last days if you read it. God warned him. God told him. And yet he destroyed, he ended up destroying Egypt. So what did he do then? And you talk about people that are mentally ill, demon-possessed. Pharaoh tells the taskmaster, we'll make the Israelites work harder. Instead of repenting, we can see the hardness of the heart. So he tells the taskmasters, make the Israelites work harder. Well, why does he say that? Because when you're hardly working, when you're overburdened with the cares of this life, you tend to get your eyes focused off of God and onto the task. So what's happening now? People are beginning to get overburdened. Price of gas, price of food. Are we going to have? Are we going to have natural gas? Are, are what, what's going to happen? Are we going to have nuclear war? So they're starting to get overburdened. See, and he warned us not to get overburdened. Don't trouble yourself with it. Take it up in prayer. Because what happened with the Israelites? Okay, they were working harder. God promised that he would deliver them. God keeps his promises, 
But when it became harder for them, what happened? They became angry at Moses and angry at God. Rather than hang on to the promise, they complained. They were angry. And when it was easy, they, what did they do? Then they rejoiced. In Exodus 6, 1 through 2, Then the Lord said unto Moses, Now shalt thou see what I will do to Pharaoh. For with a strong hand he shall let them go, and with a strong hand shall he drive them out of the land. And God spoke to Moses and said unto him, I am the Lord. I am the Lord. What Pharaoh's doing is, is child's play compared to what I'm going to do. So he let Israel know with that statement, I am the Lord. And he's saying this morning, faith assembly, I am the Lord. I am the Lord. Don't worry. Don't worry about these things, but know what's going on. God let Israel know that. And then God sent ten plagues. But it didn't touch the Israels, Israelites. It didn't touch them. See, their cattle was fine. They were fine. God can do that for us, too. Yes. Egypt was pretty much ruined. And it was pretty preventable. But what happened, the Egyptians, they, they, were, they were victims of their leaders. Because their leaders ruined it. They were ruined. Who's our leader? Please. <laughs> King Jesus yes. is our leader. Amen. We can put our trust in him. Don't trust in the political system. We saw the corruption in it is, is deep. Is deep, deep, deep corruption. So they were released. Three million people, their cattle, all their belongings, the treasures from they got to spoil the Egyptians. God led them by a cloud by day and a fire by night. And the Pharaoh was kind of watching from behind. I'm sure he couldn't figure out everything. And then Pharaoh forgot about his dead son, and he kept following them and watching them. But that cloud kept a protective covering between them. But then what did God do? He led them to the Red Sea, and they were hemmed in on three sides. What's happening in this country? We're being hemmed in. You're not going to be able to buy or sell, but the Bible already told us that. Digital currency can be turned off and on. They can invade your body. They can take away your free will. The Internet of Bodies, the Internet of Things, those things together equal total tyranny. But listen to what God said to Moses. And God spoke to Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel that they turn in and camp before Paharabah, between Migdal and the sea, over Baals of before it shall camp by the sea. For Pharaoh will say of the children of Israel, They are entangled in the land, the wilderness has shut them in. And I will harden Pharaoh's heart that he should follow after them. And I will be honored upon Pharaoh and upon his host that the Egyptians may know that I am the Lord. And they did so. So they went to the sea. They were hemmed in. But God said, don't worry about it. I am leading you into this. Now picture yourself as the Israel. I used to feel sorry for them at this point until doing the study 
in the children's area. And I saw where they had already seen the ten miracles that God had performed for them. And they were leading them by fire and by fire and by cloud. And yet here they are at the Red Sea. They should have been okay. But they weren't because they had unbelief in their heart. But why didn't God lead them to the Red Sea? So that the Egyptians would know that he is Lord. See, God has always got salvation on his mind. He's always got eternity on his mind. He doesn't want us to go through suffering here, but we may have to go through suffering here so that we can have somebody else be in the kingdom with us forever. Amen? I mean, it's exciting when you think about it, not the suffering part. But when you think about what you're doing is going to affect somebody else's life for eternity. Not just here, but for eternity. We're going to snatch them out of the fire. That's exciting to me. It should be exciting to you too. So when Pharaoh drew near, the children of Israel lifted up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them, and they were sore afraid, and the children of Israel cried out unto the Lord. And they said unto Moses, because there were no graves in Egypt, hast thou taken us away to die in the wilderness? Wherefore hast you dealt with us to carry us forth out of Egypt? Were there no graves in Egypt? I mean, what a slap in the face. Is not, th is not this the word that we did tell you in Egypt, saying, Let us alone that we may serve the Egyptians. For it had been better for us to serve the Egyptians than that we should die in the wilderness. And Moses said unto the people, Fear not, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord. He's saying it now. Fear ye not, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord. Can we see it? Do we believe it? Which he will show to you this day. For the Egyptians whom you have seen this today, you shall see them again no more forever. The Lord shall fight for you, and you shall hold your peace. The Lord shall fight for you, faith assembly. Don't worry. Don't be upset. Don't be anxious. When the Israelites looked at the Red Sea, all they could see was death. They forgot about the miracles that God had done. Why does he say rehearse them in the ears of your children? Do you know that your voice is probably one of the most powerful things that you have for your own self? Because your brain responds to your voice. Rehearse them. Rehearse the things that God has brought you through. Mm -hmm. Praise God for that. But only they could see was what their unbelief would allow them to see. See, unbelief will show you the Red Sea and say, well, it's, there's no way out. Mm -hmm. Look at this. There's no way out of this. God's not going to get you out. They totally minimized what God had brought them through and what God had said. We have to get it deep in our spirits. He is Lord. They relied on what their eyes and what their reasoning said. Sometimes we can reason. Anybody been guilty of reasoning? <clears throat> I think we all have. God did give us a brain, though, so you know we always have to balance this. Always balance. Because God did give you a brain. But our, our, sometimes we have to allow our reasoning to get in line with the word of God. That's why he says, renew your minds. But the fear, the unbelief, and anger of the very people who have witnessed God's wonders, 
that might appear just incredible. Who, who would do that? You just saw that. And yet those are the very things we're warned against now. Fear, unbelief, and anger. Because that's what's going to happen when things go really bad here. These are the very things that we need to work on and purge our hearts from when we face our digital Red Sea. Because we have to have confidence that the Lord will fight for us. Amen. Amen. He promised them complete deliverance. But every time it got tough, they weren't expecting the pain. They weren't expecting that. They got hungry. They complained. He gave them manna. They complained about the manna. He gave them meat. They complained about the meat. They complained that they were thirsty. And every time they kept accusing God of bringing them someplace to kill them. He wasn't trying to kill them. He was trying to prove them. In 1 Corinthians 10, 11 through 12, it said, Now all these happened unto them, the Israelites, for examples, and they are written for our admonition, upon whom the ends of the world are come. Wherefore, let him that thinketh he stand, take heed, lest he fall. Don't think that you're going to stand if you come to church, you lazily listen to the sermon, and I'm not, please hear me, I'm not trying to point fingers or say that anybody here is doing that. But if you come to church, you're lazy, maybe, you know, you're thinking about what you're going to do afterwards. You don't do anything else during the, the week with prayer time or anything else. Don't think that you're going to stand with what's coming up. We have to be spiritually filled all the time. <clears throat> Remember the wise man, the virgins, the tares, they didn't find out that they were foolish and without oil and they were wicked. They didn't find that out until it was too late. Find it out now. Amen. We're telling you, find it out now. Find out if, if your house is built on a, on a bad foundation. Well, why find it out now? So you can shore it up. Repentance shores everything up. If you're a tear and you're going around griping about everything and everything, well, why don't they just do that in the church? Or they should be doing this. If you're a griper, repent, shore it up. Mm -hmm. Amen? Repentance purges the poison out. You know, if you don't have any oil in your lamp, and say, God, you know, I've neglected Bible study. Please forgive me. Repentance is the answer for these things. Why? So we can be on that solid rock. Amen? I mean, it's great. It's a message of hope. We have to be careful. We can't just say, well, I'm just trusting God. And you know in your heart you're wicked. You're not going to trust God when this stuff starts happening. Believe me, you're not going to be trusting God when this stuff starts happening. Why? Because we have a whole history in the Bible of people who thought they stood and they fell. But you wouldn't know that if you're not reading it. You wouldn't know any of this. And I'm not trying to be, like I said, I, I, I don't, I'm not condemning anybody. I'm saying examine. I've had to examine my heart. We all have to examine our own hearts. Why? Because we have to hold on to that ball and be on the offense. 
and finish for the touchdown. Yes. Don't be flippant. And you can know, how do you know this? Well, you can't trust God now when it's easy. Then that means that you got a real crack in that foundation. Mm-hmm. You know, we told, we've been telling you, when you go to the gas pump, just thank God. Say, God, I thank you that this gas is going to go farther than what I could ever think. You go to the grocery store, Lord, I thank you that this food, I'm going to have enough for me and enough to share. Mm-hmm. Amen? See, switch it. Don't get caught into the griping and fear and you know things are hard. But can we stand when there is no internet, no communication with our loved ones, our church, no grocery stores, no gas, no food? We've been stuck in prison. Are we going to stand then? Well, we don't know. We're going to have to see. But if we put our foundation firm in God, then the answer would be yes. Amen. I have a bicycle, and right now it's got two flat tires. But I figured, okay, so I'm, I'm looking at the looking at the location of all of our church. So with the bicycle, I can go to Ramona's house and I go to Doris's house. I can go to your house. So all right, so I got that covered. Paula, you've got those covered over in that Bromley area, and then we got Sherry and Claudine. They're up in Pilot Point. So see, that's what pastors think about is, okay, we've got to make sure that we've got a, a wellness plan mm-hmm. in case there's no there's no communication. And that's one of the things we probably talk about in Bible study. Because I don't want any of you to be freaking out if we can't pick up the phone, if you don't have electricity, if you don't have heat. We've got to be able to have a plan. Mm-hmm. Amen? And, you know, it, it does sound preposterous, and, you know, I stand up here and be the one to say it but uh, you know it's all possible right now just look at Germany, look what Europe is going through it's coming here eventually I thought about having a garden but I think I'd like to party with that first of all I I know that Sherry she had a garden and all the animals ate her food just about (laughs) So it's like, okay, Lord, I can't do gardening. I can't hunt. I can't fish. I guess I'm going to have to trust you, Lord, because all these things I can't do. But we can help one another, amen? Because there's probably things that I can do that you can't maybe do. So we've all got to pool our resources and help one another, amen? We have to remember what God has already brought us through, even when it's been hard, difficult. So Hebrews 3, 12, it says, But exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. Sin is deceptive. For we are made partakers of Christ if we hold to the beginning of our confidence steadfast unto the end. While it is said, today, if you will hear my vo- his voice, harden not your hearts, as in the provocation. For some, when they had heard, did provoke. Howbeit not all that came out of Egypt by Moses, but with whom he, was he grieved forty years? Was it not with them that had sinned, whose carcasses fell in the wilderness? And to whom swore he that they would not enter into his rest, but to them that believed not? 
So we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. This is a huge warning. We're going to be raptured soon, but some of us aren't going to make it because of why? Unbelief. Because we didn't heed the warnings, because we just kept going. Hebrews 4, 1 and 2. Let us therefore fear, lest a promise be left uh, left us of entering into his rest. Any of you should seem to come short of it. For unto us was the gospel preached as well as, as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that had heard it. If you don't have faith and you just, I'm just up here talking. It, it kind of reminded me when I was studying of how many of you have seen Charlie Brown and, the, and all the adults go, wah, 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 Well, that's what the word sounds like if you're not mixing it with faith. Mm-hmm. It's just so much noise. We have to take it, mix it with faith, take notes, go back on Facebook, re-watch some of these things, and look up the scriptures and see. And get it down in your heart. Amen? The Israelites hardened their heart because they heard the Lord, but they didn't have relationship with the Lord. Mm-hmm. Remember when they got to the mountain? Moses, you go. You go hear from him. We can't. We don't want to hear from him. We, we have a new covenant where the veil's been ripped away, where each of us can go to the mountain ourselves. Amen? Amen. Amen. This is a supplement. They cried every time things didn't go their way. We've got to be people of firm faith in the word of God. We have to have our firm faith in the Lord and nothing else. Amen? And first, I want to read the whole chapter of 1 Thessalonians 5 in closing. It says, But the times and the seasons, brethren, you have no need that I write unto you. For you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. He's not going to be a thief in the night to us, is he? No. It's not going to be a surprise to us because we'll be watching and waiting for him. Amen? Who's it going to be a thief in the night to? To those who aren't watching and waiting. For when they shall say peace and safety, then sudden destruction come upon them as prevail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. But you, brethren, are not in darkness, that the day should overtake you as a thief. You are children of light and the children of day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch and be sober. Watch and be sober. Don't get overburdened with the cares of this life. It's temporary. Everything that you're going through right now is subject to change right now. Amen? Subject to change in a minute. They cried out for food. They got manna. Amen? Forty years. And I had to... I, we went through it with the children. Forty years, three million people. It was like sixty million pounds of man, or tons of manna for forty years. So for one day's worth of manna, it was like forty-five railroad cars, double, double railroad cars for one day. Incredible. Just incredible when you start to think about what God has done. Amen? And think about what he's done for you. Maybe not manna, maybe not that much manna, but he's, he's done things for all of us. Mm-hmm. He saved us. 
changed us on the inside. Amen? I'm not what I used to be, and I'm still making changes. Amen? Verse 7, For they that sleep, sleep in the night, and they that be drunk are drunk in the night. But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and for a helmet the hope of salvation. For God has not appointed us to wrath. Underline that. If you have your Bibles, underline it. God has not appointed us to wrath. He's not going to take his bride and let her be abused and then come back for He's coming back for a glorious bride without spot or wrinkle. But to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, that whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with him. Wherefore, comfort yourselves together. Here's instruction for the end times. Right here, just sitting out in the Bible. Can you believe it? It's here. What are you going to do in the end times? All right, verse 11. Comfort yourselves together. Edify one another, even also as you do. And we do beseech you, brethren, to know them which labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you, and to esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake, and be at peace among yourselves. Be at peace. Stay out of strife as much as possible. Why? Because you get all torn up over strife. It's not worth it. What's worth it at this point? Let things go. Just let them go. It's, the things are not important. The things that were important a year ago aren't important now. The things that were important six months ago aren't even important now. Let those things go. He said, stay in peace. These are all end times instruction. Now we exhort you, brethren. Okay, more instruction. Warn them that are unruly. Comfort the feeble-minded. Support the weak. Be patient toward all men. See that none of you render evil for evil unto any man, but ever follow that which is good, both among yourselves and to all men. Isn't that just a wealth of instruction for the end times? Amen? We've got more. Rejoice evermore. Pray without ceasing. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus yes. concerning you. Yes. Quench not the spirit, despise not prophesyings, prove all things, hold fast to that which is good. Abstain from all appearance of evil. And what's his promise? And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray God your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Isn't that encouraging? Faithful is he that calls you, who also will do it. God is faithful. He's faithful to us, and we can be a part of the end times for his glory. We can hold on to the ball in the offense. We don't have to drop the ball. We can make that touchdown. Amen. We, can we don't have to take a defensive posture against evil. Let's get on the offense. Amen? Let's not be victims in these last days. Let's be the ones with the answers because we have the answer. God will give us the words to say in our heart. He'll give us the wisdom to say. If we get into a tight situation and you can't call your prayer buddy, you can't call anybody, the Holy Spirit will give you what you need to say when to say it. And just think of this. If they kill you, you're going to be with the Lord. God has promised he'll dip us in the hour of our testing. 
no matter how physically uncomfortable he gets, he's going to keep us because he kept the Israelites. And this is just one story in the Bible. You go through many stories in the Bible. The three boys in the furnace, they said, if we burn, fine. If we don't, fine. We're going to serve God anyway. Daniel and the lion's said. I don't think they really wanted to do that. You think anybody in their right mind wants to go in a furnace? I don't. Do you? No. Looks painful. But they had the attitude that, see, they had the ball. And they scored the touchdown. Because they said, well, if we live, we live. If we die, we die. But why was that done? This was done for the glory of God. Present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable as unto the Lord. Amen. Don't be afraid. Hold on to the ball because we're going to score. And we can say in faith, Psalm 118.6, that God is on our side. We will not fear. What can man do unto me? He said, don't fear man. That All he can do is take your body. Fear God that can put your soul into hell. There's an eternity to be gained. Amen. Amen. Our purpose now is the great rescue mission. Shore up our crafts. Get ourselves in a position where we'll be useful to God in these end days. Amen. Save the lost. God will give you wisdom. Don't worry about You know, sometimes we, we hear messages like this and we want to go home and, you know, I just want to cram it down the throat of my kids say, don't you realize what time it is? God is going to give you wisdom. See, sometimes you can just draw them. It's the goodness of God that will draw them. You know, God, give me an opening with people. Give them an Do you think other people are afraid of where we live right now? I know my sister up in Connecticut is. We have a website, aubreyfaith.org, and on one of the pages is salvation. What, how, how, what is salvation? If you have Facebook, you go on there, you can put that on. I just put it on my feed this morning. People can read how to get saved. See, that's on your website, aubreyfaith.org, right there, how to get saved. Why do I need salvation? Point people to that if you don't know exactly. You read it and get it in your heart. God is going to take care of us. God is going to use us if we allow him. Amen. Amen. Let's use this time. Time is short, shorter than what we thought. Uh, Wednesday morning, Claudia, Sister Claudia will be there at 9 o'clock. We'll start our Bible study at 10. I don't know how long it's going to go, an hour, maybe an hour and a half. Um, we're still having Wednesday night service, Pastor. So Wednesday night at 6 o'clock. So if you can't make the Bible study, you just want to come to church at night, that's fine too. We're not, we, you know we're never pushing you, but this is for your own good. Amen. Amen. So Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this time. Lord, if there's things in us that we need to repent from, Father, if we've got things that we've had anxiety over, we just lift it up to you in the name of Jesus. Father, we're just grateful that we have the freedom, that we have this sliver of time just to get us more ready for what we're to do in the end times. Father, that Faith Assembly Church will give glory to you in the end times. Father, each and every member 
We'll give glory to you. Father, we thank you that you're putting people in our paths. You're putting divine appointments in our paths, Lord, that we can tell them about the end times, that we can tell them about time is short, and let them know about Jesus Christ. Father, we're not going to lose one in our church. Each one, we're going to be raptured. We're going up in heaven, Lord, and we're just carefully giving you praise and honor. In Jesus' precious name, amen. That is a great word this morning. Great word. Listen. It's one thing to say Jesus is coming soon, but it's another thing to believe that he's coming soon. It's one thing to say, well, yeah, I'm a Christian. I go to church. But it's another thing to say, yes, I'm a born-again believer washed in the blood of Jesus. And it's reality. We need to understand that where we are right now in history is reality. This is the times that Paul talked about. Because he made the statement, we who are alive and remain. He was even believing that in his time. We who are alive and remain should be called up to meet the Lord in the air. Isn't that what he said? Paul the Apostle. So that's what it didn't happen. I've heard this all my life. I went to church all my life. I've heard it preached and preached and preached. But you know, one, one day with the Lord is a thousand years. A thousand years is one day. But you know what? One day. One day. And it could be your day tomorrow. Nobody has the expiration date on the next person saying, I know when you're going home. Uh-uh. Only God has that. Are we ready? Amen. Are we ready? Are we ready for the coming of the Lord? Are we ready? Should the Lord call us home today? Are we prepared? It's one thing to go to church. Going to church don't make you a Christian. Going to a bakery don't make you a nice cake either. Now how did I detect my thoughts? I don't know. But you know what? God's changing us. Day by day. Transformed by the power of God. By the grace of God. And oh, I tell you what, this rock is Jesus. Oh, he's only one. Oh, this rock is Jesus.
were used to hear, people would run to the altar because the truth was preached and conviction hit the heart of that individual. What if Jesus came today? Are we ready? What if Jesus come today? Do I still have that unforgiveness in my heart, that animosity towards somebody? Do I still listen? It's important that we get all the weights off of us. It's important that we get it all off. And let's get honest. Somebody said, get honest with God. But first, we've got to get honest with ourselves. That's right. Get honest with yourself. Look in that mirror and say, self, I see some sponges on your face. I, I, I see some things there that need to be taken care of. How many knows that you know yourself better than anybody? We're not condemning. Have you over that we don't want to condemn? We don't condemn anybody. Because you know what? God's grace reaches down and God's love is there and God's power is there and the blood of Jesus reaches to the highest mountain and His blood will cleanse us and make us whole. But you know what the Bible said? If we do sin, if we do sin, we have an advocate with God the Father, Jesus Christ, the perpetuation. Somebody said, you're preaching to the choir here, Brother Clarence. <laughs> I don't have no sin. And you know what? You just said what you said is sin. That's pride. That's evidence. Because I want to tell you something. If we look inside, every one of us has something we need to repent of. Amen? Oh, I know. We look in that mirror and say, you perfect man, you. Oh, you got it made in the shade. I want to tell you something. The Holy Ghost knows us. He knows us inside out. <laughs> and you know what? It's not, it's, not, it's not our job to go and peel back the covers off of people. It's the Holy Ghost's job right. to peel back the covers. And you know the Lord brings conviction. And the conviction brings our heart to repentance. And repentance brings us into restoration. That's what God does. Oh, this rock is Jesus. Jesus is the only one. He's the one. This rock is Jesus. The only one. Over the hill yet, Sister Ramona. 
Amen. We're not, we're not, we're not over the hill. Praise God. God's going to rejuvenate us all. He's going to give us a vaccination of energy. Amen. We're going to, we're going to get on fire for God. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. I had a preacher come to my church from England. He, he traveled with Smith Wigglesworth over there. Little scrawny fellow. He challenged my associate manager and myself to a tennis match. I said, well, who are you going to get to play with you? He said, nobody, just me against you too. I said, oh, come on now. He was 84 years old. And we were still in our late 20s. And, you know, we were pretty viral, you know. And anyway, he, we got on that tennis court. He said, okay. We said, you sure? Yeah, go ahead and serve. He served, we served, and man, he knocked it over. Man, we couldn't get to it. It, it just hit the line, you know. Just he said, "Look, I, you want me to use my toes, my feet, rather than the the racket?" We said, "Whatever." He put his racket aside. He used his feet and kicked that ball across that net. Eighty-four years old, had more energy than both of us put together, and, and uh, more balance and everything else. <laughs> But you know what? That's the power of God. Restoration power. But we're, we're not over the hill. How many understand that? Look at somebody and say, you're not over the hill. You might look like it, but you're not. No, no, no don't even say that. We're going forward in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord because we, we've got a promise. We've got a promise. But I want to encourage you to come to these Bible studies if you can. It's only an hour, an hour and a half. You can take some time out. Somebody says, well, I don't do that on Wednesday morning. I do it on Wednesday night. Well, get out of that tradition and come on Wednesday morning and Wednesday night. How many knows too much church ain't going to hurt you? Praise God. But you know what? We need to be informed. We need to have information. Things are happening in this world. And when we're, you know, when it happens, we're going to say, well, somebody didn't tell me about that. Why did the preacher get up and warn us? Well, we are. We're warning. Get prepared. God's not leaving us. He's not forsaking us. He's with us, low, with us always, even to the end of the world. The presence of God is with us. The power of God with you. And until the Lord's done with us, I don't care who tries to come and take your life. You know what? The power of God will manifest itself. Amen. We need to just believe God. Amen. Let's stand our feet this morning. Father, you saw all that watched my Facebook live in this teaching and this ministry today. God, we need to prepare ourselves. Be in preparation. And Father, we ask you to just stir the hearts of people. Stir the hearts of your church, the believers. Stir our hearts, Lord, so we get on fire. Get rid of all the animosity, all the hatred and the variance and the jealousy and all the strife. Lord, let us just take it out in the name of Jesus. Because we want to have a pure heart to serve you. And I want to tell you something. If you've got that junk in you, you know what's going to happen when the trumpet sounds? You're going to be weighted down. And you're not going to do amen? I said amen? Amen. <coughs> Hallelujah. God is on our side, and God before us, who can be against us? That's why we're putting it out as hard as we can and as much as we can. In Jesus' name.
God touch your people now and just keep them strong in you and strong in their bodies and strong in their minds, strong in their spirits. Lord, just supply every need in their lives physically, mentally, emotionally, financially. God, we just thank you that your word is pervading in all of our hearts and lives. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. See y'all tonight if you can make it. Amen. Well, I got to...